0: Welcome to Trex and Sci-Fi, uh, the uh, ancient holodeck edition, I guess. <laughs> my name is Chris, and with me is uh, my partner for tonight. Hi,
1: this is uh, Joby, Joby Drone
0: from the forums. It's awesome. Great to be
1: here. Great to be here with you.
0: Yeah. So, what are we talking about? We're talking about Star Trek. We're going to uh, start some Star Trek video games tonight. <laughs> Yeah,
1: I've been dying to talk to you guys about uh, about Star Trek video games. Like, did my two favorite things in the world are Star Trek and video games. So, uh, uh, it's <laughs> it's about time. It's about that, time we did this.
0: Absolutely. Let's see. Is there anything, any geek news uh, you want to talk about for this week? We're uh, coming up on uh, we're recording this on Friday. The day, a couple days before the podcast comes out. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously the the,
1: the Primary thing on my mind, and maybe uh, a lot of people that are listening to this, are is that we're five days away from the premiere in the United States. Anyway, some of you guys have already seen it, and I want to—I uh, want to just pull my hair out that you're so lucky. But we—we uh, we got five days until the premiere. Yeah. Of, of Star Trek 2 I'm calling it Star Trek 2 because <laughs> it really is uh, just an all-new, all-new thing. So.
0: Yeah, it's going to be uh, fun. It's it's kind of – I don't know why it's been out so early for everybody else. It's not fair. I mean, but whatever. I mean, Med's on uh, it and you seem to really enjoy it. And um,
1: Yeah, I love you. It's just <laughs> screaming about how much he, he loved it, that he soiled himself.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, those of you that are listening to this that don't read the forums, you miss some funny stuff. So.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's coming up. And uh, next week, if you uh, listen or if you're on the forum or the Facebook page, um, Rico is uh, wanting to do a video podcast next week. He wants uh, people to record their review reactions to Into Darkness and send them on. And he's going to kind of combine them into one thing, sort of like what we did with the um, Secret Santa uh last year. So I, I think I'm definitely gonna do that. I took a day off to go see it with my wife next week, so I'll try to get mine in as soon as I can and I think everybody should. That's a pretty cool you know, my wife said, Well should you record your reaction right after? I go, No, I need to you gotta let it soak a little bit, you know. Before you just start blabbering on about it. But
1: Well that's the great thing about having a uh, a uh, uh camera phone in your pocket is that you can record some of your impressions right after and then you can uh cut them right together with your more reasoned response uh you know a couple of hours later.
0: Yeah. I don't have I'm
1: excited. I'm going with my brother on Wednesday night at 8 uh and uh we hardly ever do things together anymore so I'm very excited not just to see the movie but to see it with my brother. I can't
0: wait. I yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, it is the same thing with my wife and I. We don't often have a chance to get out of the house on our own, so, you know, usually it's like a movie or something, but, you know, it's fun to get out and kind of get away from the kids for a few hours and have a nice meal and go to the movies, so, looking forward to it, looking forward to that, and then my number two, or probably tied with that is going to be the Superman movie, is super excited for that one, too, and there's been a bunch of new TV spots on for it that are uh, showing up uh, and that are... Really making me excited for that movie as well. So that should be, it's going to be a fun summer at the movies, I think. Uh, I can't
1: wait for that Super movie myself. Oh, it looks so good. I know. And, and just the, I think the inspired casting, I can't think of another actor to play Zod than Michael Shannon. I can't think of anyone who would be better. Yeah. I cannot wait to see that performance. It's going to be, I mean, the whole thing's going to be fantastic. When's the premiere of that?
0: It's June 14th. Okay. So that's gonna be, that's a little, about a month away for that one. And then, uh, there, you know, we talked about movies last week, and I think if you listen to that one, I, I, clearly anybody could tell that my most excited uh, thing, I'm, the thing I'm most excited for, is Superman. I'm a huge <laughs> Superman fan uh, my whole life. I have a Superman tattoo. So.
1: Well, you're, and and you were Chris Elf. A lot of that. I thought you were from Krypton.
0: I know. I just didn't – I don't, I changed it just because I was kind of like, eh, it doesn't really flow off the tongue very well. I just I, – I copied a little bit of Brian and just put my last two initials on my name and it worked out fine for me.
1: Well, um, and, and, and that was – I think you picked that name before you were doing podcasts every week, so now you got the whole DJ thing
0: going. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I Chris pick, MC makes more sense. Yeah, I picked – ha, ha, Yeah, about that. But, um, yeah, so what else happened? Well, well this week – um. A little bit of sad geek news is that uh, the uh, one of the greatest uh, special effects guys in history, Ray Harryhausen, passed away. Um, I remember those movies from Channel 11 in New York on Sunday afternoons. Um, just sitting there as a kid and loving all that stuff. And, and, and he... Uh, he really is one of. the... If you look at those movies, it's almost all him. Like he it was him sitting in a room by himself, animating those movies. He did all the design work. So um, Clash of the Titans, if you love that old movie, Clash of the Titans, it's all him. Uh, so he really uh, was a legend, and still will continue to be a legend. Those movies are just still beautiful to look at. I don't
1: know. Well, if you... and, a, and a pioneer. I mean, he was at the top, at the top of the the. You know, he's the first person that you think of. He's like the rock star of that type of, uh, you know, photography. Uh, it's a huge loss, a huge loss. But what, a, what an amazing um, legacy he's left behind, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah he, and then Clash of the Titans was his last movie uh, before he retired. And so he actually lived for quite a while after he retired. But um, he was inspired by King Kong, you know. You saw King Kong when he was a kid. And how they did. Then, one learned how they did that, and that's how we started uh, started doing that. So, I uh, think uh, I think that everybody should, uh, even younger people, should take a look at some of those movies. And if you can, if they can get past the fact that it's not CG and that, you know, it's just uh, it's artistry, uh, uh, pure and simple. And uh, it was a uh, it was how a whole generation uh, saw special effects. So, uh,
2: I mean, without 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 what he.
1: What he did i don't think we did the, the level of we wouldn't be where we are now with digital you know i mean it, it it's it's a logical leap uh in the technology but it was totally you see like in jurassic park uh that type of animation so inspired by that you know by his work so yeah
0: as kevin smith says on on his obituaries big bucket of win for Ray Harryhausen. <laughs>
1: Big bucket of win. Huge, huge, huge
0: bucket of win. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up uh, any of this, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. I think we want to get to the games. we yeah, got a lot of games to talk about. We do. One more thing. I saw a pretty cool movie trailer uh, for a movie called Gravity. It uh, looks pretty freaky. It looks like a survival movie uh, in orbit with George Clooney. And I forget the actress's name, but it looks crazy. You should check out the trailer. It's okay. like, Yeah, it's like astronauts getting stranded in space it looks like pretty cool
1: i mean i should say since i didn't i didn't wasn't able to do the skype call because i was on the beach uh last week i should say i saw uh iron man 3 and uh just loved it i loved every second of it really it was it was uh again another thing uh that was good about it that was uh i didn't i wasn't spoiled i didn't know anything about the plot so all the plot points were were uh uh completely uh surprising, and they had some good surprises in there, as well as just great humor and I really enjoyed it um I'm going into star trek I, there's five days now so I'm going into Star Trek two with no spoilers. all I know is the guy's name is John Harrison that's all I want to know about yeah.
0: <laughs> well then you're you're a few you're a few strokes better than me because uh you know I clicked on a, a thing I didn't mean to click on, and I read a few things I didn't want to read, but it's, it just it's not going to alter my enjoyment any i when i was uh, younger i used to be spoiler heavy and that sort of changed uh as years went on i kind of preferred to just kind of because maybe because going to the movies for me is such a rare thing when it's not you know i kind of uh, want to have just the experience of the movie as it happens but hey everybody's different but i'm looking I'm, as we all are looking forward to it and i'm behind an iron man 3 hopefully this weekend i will get to go see oh,
1: it. yeah you'll you'll really enjoy it yeah I mean, the thing, the way I feel about it is that, especially for a movie like Star Trek 2, is that we are going to see this movie multiple times, right? I mean, we, you know we are. So you only see it the first time, once, and then never again. So I want to make the most of the first time. And I'm
0: prepared for my perceptions to change. As a matter of fact, I remember walking out of the last Star Trek movie, which I guess you could say is the first one of this run, right. um, and kind of going, yeah. It was a good Star Trek movie, but it wasn't anything special. Really? Um, yeah, and then I, I, I actually was in a, just a crummy mood, I think, and I went to see it again with my wife, and she really liked it, and I kind of had a better time, at it. I go, hey, this is kind of, you know, I kind of, I think I was still kind of being, like, uber Trekkie, like, this isn't correct, and, you know, this is <laughs> yeah. not, I, I'm, I'm over that now because I've just resigned myself to the fact that it's a soft mirror universe, and you just got to enjoy it for what it is, and... uh yeah
1: all things all things get easier with time chris you know and uh it's been enough time i feel the same way in fact i watched it i think for the either the third or the fourth time um recently you know in preparation for this one uh coming up and i think i enjoyed it the most that time you know it really does get better the more times you see it which that's a rare thing you know that's
2: a rare thing
0: yeah Okay, so you're going to probably be starting us off on these start on our our little we have we picked a few games. We, we're not doing a comprehensive um, rundown of all Star Trek games. And um, Joe uh, Billy Bob from the forum did a, a podcast a few months ago on. Uh, some specific uh, star trek games he did a really good job of course so we're not going to be doing anything with those
1: well you can't you can't do a podcast about star trek games without mentioning those two names no. because they're, they're they're the best you know he cherry picked for sure This <laughs> because those two are are, are are the best yeah
0: they really I... are and and he's a, he's a master of doing video game podcasts so we're not going to um say we're going to approach that level we're just we want we we kind of said, "Well, which games do you really uh, want to cover?" And then we picked out a few games, and we're going to kind of just kind of have a little chat about about them. And some of them maybe we'd both didn't play, but anyway, I'm going to let right. I'll let you start off, Joby, as I think your game is the most ancient, your first one. So why don't you get off to the races with it here? All
1: right. Well, uh, the first game we want to talk about tonight is actually it, it, it's probably up there with one of my favorite. Star Trek games of all time for sure because uh, it was the first one I ever played and uh, I think it came out in 1983 when I was 12 years old and it's called uh, Star Trek Strategic Operations Simulator and I never knew that that was the whole name it was just the Star Trek video game it was uh, uh, released uh, it, like as I said in 1983 back in the classic, the heyday of classic games, arcades were You know, still fresh and new back then, you know, we had uh, still working Space Invaders machines, Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man and Star Wars arcade game. And Star Trek probably had uh, the most in common with that Star Wars game in that it was a vector graphics game where uh, there there weren't a lot of those made, but the ones that were out there were some of the best, I think, uh, arcade games. Um, the other, the other thing about that game that made it most memorable is that it used uh, synthesized speech in the, uh, so they had, which was very rare, like you hardly ever heard speech in games back then, hmm. but you had, uh, Leonard Nimoy's voice and, uh, James, uh, Doohan's voice, uh, as Scotty. Uh, and there's only a few lines, I think, but it was just amazing to me. And similar in the Star Wars game, they they sampled some uh, uh, Luke Skywalker, and 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 it was it was always amazing to me because you never really heard that kind of thing. Um, did you play that game? Were were you uh, going to arcades? You're a little younger than me, but
0: you know. Yeah, I I of course was a big. I mean, my favorite game of all time. By uh, by those standards, anyway, it was that Star Wars old Star Wars game? It was in the um, grocery store back in the old days. I mean, when you would go to the grocery store, some a lot of them had little arcade kiosks, and you could like kind of. So my mom would send me in there to like with a bunch of quarters, and while she did her shopping, I would go and I'd first thing I'd do is go. There was that game. There was Dragon's Lair, um, oh, which Dragon's I, Lair one of my favorites, which I knew by heart. By the way, after a while, after you put enough quarters into it um yeah yeah but i played that one a lot i never ever saw that star trek game in an arcade and we had a bunch of them in my uh town but i i, I when i was when you told me about it, i looked online and it is very similar to um the uh star wars game and i did find some clips of of scotty's voice and spock's voice are very hard to um make out but they're well, there they, they didn't really sound that great but no. they sounded amazing you had you had to be there because in
1: perspective of, uh, you know, you heard bleeps and bloops and and, uh, waka, 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 to hear, uh, you know, Spock telling you that your shields were failing is pretty amazing.
3: Be the captain of the Starship Enterprise.
0: Yeah, what it reminds me of is, like, the little graphics in, like, Wrath of Khan, where, like, Khan is targeting the Enterprise with, like, you know, the computer screen. It kinda of looks reminds me of that with the little reticle and,
2: and well
1: to play it in the arcades and that's the best thing about it, I think, is if you could find an arcade that had one of the sit down versions, they released uh a few of these and they were rare, but we had an arcade near us in Philly that had it. And it had a captain's chair. You could sit down in the captain's chair and you had the screen up in front of you. And the controls were on the arms – the two arms of the captain's chair. So you had your – you controlled the Enterprise uh, with a spinner that was like a Pong uh, spinner, if you Mm. remember that. And then you had your uh, button – your warp – drive button next to the spinner and then on the other side you had fire thrust and photon torpedoes so you really felt like and so and then the view screens of the game were unique as well because you had two views you had an overhead view which shows you the entire map so your your enterprise is in the middle of the screen and then all the klingon ships that you're battling surrounding you uh are on other areas of the map and then you had a first person map which is like the view screen uh, that's in front of you if you're on the bridge of the Enterprise. Hmm. Uh, it was it was very cool and that was a first person view. So you could use the map to judge where you needed to fly to to engage the ships or, or dock with the star bases. It was really, really fun and immersive experience if you were in the cocktail I think they call them I'm not sure if they call them cocktail modes, where you sit down in the in the in the chair, but it was really, really cool. Um, very challenging game too. It got, it was, it was, a it was a quarter sucker for sure. All those games, you know, they they, they make them get harder and harder until they're impossible to continue. <laughs> so you have to put more money in, but, uh, just so much, so much fun. I and know. they, they released some, uh, home versions. I wound up getting that for the Atari, uh, not quite as good, but I played the heck out of it. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: I remember, um. When, like, the Star Wars game, after you blew up the Death Star enough times, it was so ridiculously hard. I can't even imagine anybody beating it, you know? Like, there's, like, a TIE fighters are shooting, like, 30 of those little balls at you in a second, you know? It's, like, crazy.
1: Well, you have to operate it at, like, Commander Data speed uh, to get through the uh, trench run. (laughs) Because, like, you have these little holes that you got to fly your x wing through, and you just lose your shields. Like, you get to a certain level in that game, and it's just like, boom, 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 your shields are gone.
0: <laughs> I think right around this time, or maybe a little bit before, I think my first Star Trek game ever was a text game on my Tandy computer. Um, I forget the name of it, but I remember you had to type in commands like, you know, fire phasers or whatever, and then it would say, you know, you're dead or whatever. I don't, it, it didn't. It wasn't really that great of a game, but a lot of the games were like that back then. It was just text. It was like a weird thing on PC. PC gaming for a while it was very strange.
1: I, I remember seeing I remember I don't know that I actually played it but I know I saw a, a, a game that was Star Trek or, oriented that uh, uh, combined text and some type of graphical overlay but it wasn't something that you really interacted with it was like a, a map of some kind I'm not sure exactly I it was almost impenetrable and to try to play it without uh, any type of instruction book or anything like that I couldn't I yeah. could not figure out
0: what was going mm. on with of course, my stepfather had just kind of back then, you know, making a copy of a game was just you made a copy of a game, you know. So you, you know, it wasn't like the way piracy is nowadays. But back then, it was just like everybody, hey, here's a Star Trek game. Well, you know, okay, cool, Star Trek, I love Star Trek. Yeah, you, know? you just put it on your floppy and stick yeah, that um, floppy. And-, <laughs> and then, unfortunately, I just. I tried everything. I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I know I, I couldn't warp drive anywhere. I mean, I killed my crew almost every time I tried to play that game. So yeah, I think maybe it was a little bit much for like a 10-year-old to figure out. But Well, and, and it's also before the age
1: uh, when if you can't figure something out on a video game, you just have to Google it to figure it out and these yeah, days. You, know, that's, you, couldn't, you couldn't do that then. Well, Al, Al
0: Gore hadn't gotten around inventing the Internet yet back then. Exactly. So uh, anything else on that one or
1: um, no, I mean, I think, I think, uh, anybody that hasn't, uh, played it is probably not going to be able to get a real good idea about the experience. It, you kind of have to, uh, be 1983 to really enjoy the, the, the real joys of that game. But, um, you know, and, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit, uh, when we talk about the newest Star Trek game, which is, I think. What we're going to finish with, if if I uh, if I uh, remember correctly, but the uh, the thing that's good about it is what's good about all games is that it's immersive. You know, you really lose yourself in the experience of playing it, and everything else is kind of like um, and especially feeling the feeling of sitting in that captain's chair. You really feel like you're piloting the Enterprise in that game, and it's just as simple and basic as it is. Uh, it, it takes you away. It Takes you away.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, I'll never forget the days of arcades. To me, were, when I was a little kid, it was just the greatest place. You know, you just—you're you, right. You could really kind of get sucked into. It's dark in those arcades. You sit down in one of those games, and you're like, "Yeah, I am, in I am in an F14 man. Uh-huh. I, I'm Top Gun or whatever." You know, so yeah, I, that's that's all. That's another thing that's uh, gone away for good, I think, unfortunately,
2: but. Well,
1: I think it's coming back. I mean, if, if you've seen like the new technology that's right around the corner, this uh, the guy that the guy from Valve or, or is it from ID? The guy from ID Games he created the Doom games, and I for, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. Right. But uh, John Carmack, is that his name? He's creating a virtual reality device that's going to hit market. If it hasn't already, it's going to really soon. And it's, I guess, a virtual reality device is not the correct term, but and I'm not sure what he's calling it. But it's basically a helmet with glasses, and um, they're making it uh, compatible with certain Valve games. Uh, uh, I think uh, Team Fortress 2, maybe, is one of the games that... or or Half-Life 2 is one of the games that you're going to be able to play with this. And it's like an immersive type VR helmet Mm. that you put on, but it's, it's priced. I think at consumer friendly prices finally like those things have been out there, but they've been prohibitively expensive. And now I think this thing is releasing for something around $400 or something, Uh something pretty affordable. And it's got high quality visuals. And so I think the day's, of these immersive type experiences are really closer than we think. Um,
0: cool. Well, that'll yeah. be, that'll be something to see. I love new technology. Yeah. All right. So what's our next game?
1: Um, well, I don't know where we going we, we should probably go in an order. Um, the, uh, and, and you mentioned earlier that, uh, that Joe, that Billy Bob on the forums, uh, talked about those two, uh, uh adventure games that were released on the pc uh the start from the original series star trek 25th anniversary and uh judgment rights yeah and that's a great pol- that's a great podcast and you should listen to because it it's those two games are are just uh phenomenal if you're do you play a lot of adventure games chris
0: i used to play more than i do now <laughs> that's for sure
1: well, that's because there's not that many good ones anymore. Right. But uh, I think uh, Telltale Games is bringing them back with the new Walking Dead game. That's uh, brought a lot of attention to the genre and, and brought it back to life. But back in the day, there were a dime a dozen. You know, back mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the early and mid '90s, when we were... Uh, is the time period we're talking about now, there were there were some great ones out there. Uh, the the Lucas Arts uh, Monkey Island games. Uh, we're terrific and if, if people don't know what we're talking about with adventure games it's the kind of game that it's not necessarily what you think of when you think of a video game in that you do control a character but it's uh, not as much action based as it is story and puzzle and so you have a sort of cinematic uh, story going on uh, and you control your character and you walk around and you kind of interact with the environment and pick up clues and Combine clues to solve puzzles, and that's
2: that's basically an adventure
1: game,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Telltale Games also. Um, I have the um, Back to the Future all five chapters of the of the game that they made, and it's a really excellent, fun game. It takes the mythology of the movies and mixes, them, mixes it up, and uh, you get like a new video game experience out of it, and it's sort of a new Back to the Future experience, which is you know when i yeah, played it, it it totally picks up right at the end of back to the future 3 right it really does yeah six months six months later
1: something like that it's yeah. it's uh, that was i played that as well and loved it
0: yeah i mean i'm going to bring this up later about what a good movie game is and what a bad one is but anyway so let's uh so we <laughs> so your i think your next game was um Final Unity, right? Was that the next one you want to talk about?
1: Right. That's why I mentioned the uh, Judgment Rights and uh, 25th Anniversary Adventure Games, because this one is called Star Trek: The Next Generation of Final Unity, and it's it's basically a sequel to those games. I mean, I I think of it as a trilogy, really, the Star Trek Adventure Games, because it's um, the same kind of game and the same genre, just with the new crew. It's the Next Generation crew. It's got all the voices. I mean, one of the best things about that game is the voice acting. You know, you have everybody. Everybody's there, I think, except for O'Brien hmm. from the from the Next Generation crew. Um, it was recorded in '93, so that was you know the end of the series. Everyone was still fresh, and they were making movies, so they were still excited about their characters. I mean, it just sounds it sounds great. It sounds great.
3: Captain Vlog Star Date four seven one 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 point one. The Federation listening post along the Romulan neutral zone has detected an unidentified vessel headed for Federation space. The Enterprise is moving to intercept. At its reported heading and velocity, the vessel will enter Federation space in approximately 47.3 seconds. Go to yellow alert. We have the vessel on sensors. The ship is a Geridian scout ship. They are driving their engines too hard, their warp core is critical. The Geridian? the status of their relationship with the Romulan Empire?
4: They are on friendly terms and may share technology. We are being hailed.
3: On screen.
5: Help us. We are fleeing political persecution. We seek asylum. We are being persecuted.
3: Their signal is breaking up. What do you make of this, Number One? It could be a trick. The Geridians have earned a reputation as honorable warriors, Captain. They do not ordinarily resort to trickery. We are within visual range. The Gridian's warp drive is failing. They are dropping to sublight speed inside Federation space. Slow to impulse. warper equaling directly ahead. In
1: that, in that game, you get a, a truly cinematic storyline that feels like you're playing in a next-generation episode. It really, it really does. You got a great story that I think they made a book out of it. It was such a good story they were able to novelize it. Hmm. Um, I mean, the the, uh, the game. Uh, the, the basic story is that you're, uh, you know, on a routine mission. You're contacted by uh, an alien race, and it's not a canon race. It's it's a non-canon race, and they enlist your help to uh, to try to track down an ancient artifact, and it's got something to do with preventing a. It's been a long time since I played it, and it's a hard game. I did not finish it at the time. Hmm. And again, like I said, it's not. It's not. There were no game facts out there or anything you could read that would tell you the clues. Although I guess they were out there, but um, in a real early form. Uh, so th- that game I never. I was never able to finish because it was hard. Those adventure games can be really cruelly difficult in that some of the. Answers to puzzles just don't make any sense, you know? It's it's like not something that you would think of. I think the best of the adventure games are intuitively uh, solved, the puzzles, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I know what you mean. I mean, some of those games, you know, like the when you found the solution to the thing that you've been stuck on forever, you, there was no way you would have come to it, you know what I mean? Right. It's right. it's it's just, that was that would be the most frustrating thing, is like, how would I know, like the angry video game nerd, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Sure, yeah. Okay, but he has, a th- he did, one of the first things he ever covered was Simon's Quest, and how you had to get this thing, and you had to go kneel down on this uh, part of the map, and then wait for a tornado to come pick you up. It's like, how would you know to do that? You know what <laughs> I mean? Yep. It's yeah, like sure. there's nothing in the game that told you that you had to do that, right. but that, but so it's like that that that's when games can get frustrating. And I, I think that, uh, game design's gotten better. Obviously that, that sort of stuff doesn't happen too often. Plus, you know every there's always somebody out there who is such a crazy gamer. They know every secret a week a week after a game comes out, you can find everything you need to know about it. So,
1: yeah, you have to wonder how that really happens. <laughs> I mean, somebody decompiling the code or something. There's got <laughs> because there's. It sometimes seems almost impossible that, that people have all this information yeah. so close to, uh, so quickly. And,
0: and you mentioned um, the voices, and I think one of the greatest things about Star Trek games in general is that they seem to be able to get at least a few of the voices. I don't know if it's like in their in their contracts or something, but I don't think there's been a Star Trek game that's come out without somebody's voice in it. I think it's really cool that you get the uh, voices of, of the actual actors, and, so, and unlike some games like the Star Wars games where you, you tend to get um, sound-alikes. Or... I think
1: I think it is actually when you when you when you're talking about games that are uh, movie tie-ins I believe you're right in that it is in their contracts it's like part of their mm. uh, part of their and and I believe that's why and we're gonna talk about this again later on in the podcast I believe that's why we had such a phenomenal uh, voice cast for the new Star Trek game that it was just released yeah is that uh, they were required to <laughs> they were required to do that yeah um, but, no, you're right. I mean, it, it was it's always what I enjoy most about playing a Star Trek video game, and it's why they know that they'll be able to sell at least a few copies because there's a lot of people like us that love these characters and want to see them as real as possible. So if you have the voice actors doing it, uh, it's just so much uh, more enjoyable.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, 100%. Um,
1: so... Uh, I mean, we're go- moving forward in time. That was 1995 that uh, Star Trek The Next Generation of Final Unity uh, was released. And just a really fun game. Um, there's walkthroughs now that are on the on the web. So if you're able to, from what I understand, it's it's possible to play it on current uh, hardware. Um, but there was some type of uh, check that you have to fool your computer into thinking it's running Windows 95 in order to play this on current <laughs> current generation hardware Uh. but it's really worth it's really worth checking out it's such a such a fun game and uh there's walkthroughs that you can read so you know if you get stuck on puzzles like i did back in the day you won't quit out of frustration so (laughs)
2: um
1: so moving forward uh just one year is and it it ties in perfectly with what we were just talking about about having an experience that is uh makes you feel like it's a true star trek experience is uh star trek borg did you play that game chris
0: oh i played the heck out of that game backwards and forwards yeah yeah and it's the kind of game that you really it makes
1: you want to play it multiple times or see the scenes multiple times because it's so good it's so funny
0: yeah i used to Uh, love to screw up on purpose just to have q yell at you i thought it was always funny so
1: yeah well that's the that's what I was going to say is the best thing about this game is that you have uh, you have Q, John DeLancey, doing... Uh, now, I should say, it's, it's kind of hard to even call it a game. I mean, it's probably better described as an interactive movie, wouldn't you say?
0: That's exactly what it is, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no better example of interactive movie than this game, Star Trek Borg. Um, they actually filmed, I think, something like uh, 180... Uh, minutes of uh, footage as if they were filming a Star Trek episode Um, and it's you mentioned Dragon's Lair earlier because the gameplay in that game is very much like Dragon's Lair Mm. in that you're watching the full motion video or the movie as it goes and then at certain points you're required to make decisions that uh, influence the outcome of what you're watching on screen so uh, I mean unfortunately about this game is that it's not. It never truly branches off. You can either only make uh, the right decision or the wrong decision. So if you make if you make the wrong decision, sometimes there's several wrong decisions. <laughs> then you either die or have to restart. Um, but as you said, it's hilarious because John Delancey gives probably the, <laughs> the greatest performance of his career in this game. I mean, he's he's just hilariously funny. Yeah. Um, the writer of this. Game was a writer for the various TV shows he wrote for TNG, he wrote for DS9, and he also wrote for Voyager. So, that now this is 96 that this came out. So, Voyager was on the air at the time, and they used sets from Voyager when they were filming this game and the costumes. So, I mean, it is as authentic as uh, it gets.
0: I was just gonna say that I think now in the story this one is like uh, you get sent back in time, right? And you go to the Battle of Wolf Three Five Nine. I think your father was killed there, right? Am I wrong in that? Or
1: no, you're exactly right. Yeah, you're exactly right. Q, and, ap- you're 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 actually it starts out ten years after the Battle of Wolf uh, Three Five Nine. Right. And Q appears to you, and and the Borg are about to attack again. It's it's they've regrouped or something and uh now it's been a long time although i did watch a little bit of it today um to refresh my memory um it's been a long time but uh you're exactly right uh q sends you back and you inhabit the body of a crew member the security chief on uh the ship that your father was on when it was destroyed at the battle of wolf 359 so uh it's, you have a chance to save your father's life and interact with the crew and try to change history. Q is allowing you to change history. Um, it's, it's just a brilliantly written script. It's so funny. Uh, the writers really knew the character of Q and what was so great about his character. And John DeLancey, like I said, just gives a bravura uh, performance. Uh,
0: and like you said earlier, you can go on YouTube and pretty much watch the whole thing um you can also some there's a couple people that put together like sort of a best of little montage of q which i found and it's just a lot of him yelling at you and you know calling you a dummy and everything and uh,
3: uh-huh. perhaps i should introduce myself i imagine you've heard of me though q it's short for q ah uh, that's right 10 years ago wolf 359 if lieutenant sprint were still alive he might be able to save the ship but he's been dead for four hours no wonder they don't want him on the bridge come on can you move faster <laughs> chief medical officer dr thaddeus quint he actually tried to save sprint's life but as you can see he failed the old goat <laughs> well what'd you expect he's a doctor not a security officer still if he had only had a little more creativity but he didn't death in battle if you were a Klingon, he'd be ecstatic. Ooh, I like this guy. Do you think he knows he's gonna die? I don't think so. Don't bother saying hello. Just make saying goodbye that much harder. Oh, now that was clever. I turned you into Lieutenant Sprint so I could be Quinned and save you. Him. You. What-whatever. So that you could save the righteous. And then you go and you get yourself killed anyway. I mean, really, it's not worth meddling with a timeline if you're just gonna make things worse. I hope you're not one of those passive contemplative types try
0: again but it's a it's it's worth a watch because again it's it, like you said it's like sort of a, a big long Star Trek episode and it's certainly the most you get to see of Q in a single episode I mean really <laughs> it's
1: all Q
2: yeah. they even made that poor guy read
1: like you know how some games they have um a codex or in this game it's a tricorder you can you can look in your tricorder and look up different things about different people they made john delancey read all the <laughs> entries so while you're reading it on the screen john delancey is reading it to you and commenting and he makes funny comments uh on, on the stuff that he's reading as well it's it's just it's just a, a it's all about q in that game
2: they, i, mean, I
1: you know, the other, thing, the other thing that's cool about it, and I can't remember ever seeing a Star Trek episode that showed this, there's one point in this game where you're assimilated, and because the perspective of this game is first-person perspective, so all the scenes are shot as if they're being shot through your eyes, you actually see what it looks like to a Borg. You know, you see with Borg vision, and it, it's kind of like the Terminator, except it's all green instead of red, where you have, like, the computer... Uh, Uh, overlays to the things that you're seeing and uh, it's very very interesting and then the sound is very good too there's an original score for this game that was done by uh, a composer that that
0: Dennis McCarthy
1: and it's a it's a it's a uh, really authentic experience Uh, and there's stuff in there that you you won't ever see anywhere else. The only thing where it may be a little bit lacking is some of the special effects. They're not as great uh, and not as finished as uh, maybe you would see in, in a in a TV show. But they're close. They're close. It's really good. Really good. i recommend recommended Star wow. Trek Borg.
0: I had a lot of fun with that game. I just remember playing the heck out of it when I first got it and and just when I was bored sometimes you know <laughs> it's just and like he's yeah it is an interactive movie but it's interactive Star Trek movie so hey.
1: well yeah as, as uh, Chris said it's it's really worth just checking it out on YouTube you don't have I I was looking at it today and they showed the whole thing all the way through which is about I think and uh, the two almost two hours of footage uh, on this YouTube video and uh, it's it's well worth checking it out just to see what it's all about.
2: That
0: was a four disker I remember back in the day, four discs.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> CDs. <laughs> okay. So maybe what, 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 you, what games
2: are you talking about
0: today? Um, uh, maybe I'm a little bit later on down the road. Of course, I loved Star uh, 25th Anniversary. I had it for the NES. Um, beating that game. I think is one of the greatest accomplishments of my life. It was very difficult. I thought <laughs> to be, um, I also, before I get to these, I, I really, uh, speaking of things with video, a full motion video, I loved, um, the PC version of Starfleet Academy, um, which had William Shatner as Captain Kirk and George Takei as Sulu and, uh, and Walter Koenig showed up to, and it was actually them acting as the characters, not just their voices. um, Right, and, they, were, they were your instructors. That's right. right? Yeah. yeah, and uh, Shatner is, you know, the the acting from the cadets is not as great.
3: Look, it's not your fault that the proof was lost. If anything, it's mine. I should have gone back in there and pulled out your data. David, you would have been killed, just like I would have. Yeah, now thousands of people are being killed in these random attacks. I could have taken action and stopped these massacres by now. Now our chances are slim. Don't be so sure of that. Sir! There was another attack along the Klingon neutral zone last week. I directed the search of the planet and found these. Fragments of the attacking vessel sheared off by the planetary defense system. A few of them show the molecular etching that Sir discovered. Starfleet scientists have fully examined these fragments and have concluded that the molecular etchings could not constitute the cybernetic neural network that I postulated. I didn't agree. I wanted Sturk to have another chance to prove his theory, so I persuaded Starfleet to turn the fragments over to him for the rest of the academic year.
5: It will take a significant amount
3: of work to establish whether my theory has any validity. Well, Mr. Forrester, you're his team leader. Sturk doesn't need my permission to take on special projects.
0: But I do need your assistance. The main guy who is like in charge of it, I forget his name now, um, but he looks way too old to be a cadet. He looks like he's about 35. But um, anyway, I really love that game. I loved the... Yes, I thought it had a really... I remember watching just the opening scene of it, which was like, to me, back in... I think this was like mid-90s, The where it had the uh, sort of the rendered Enterprise coming to dock, and I thought that was just so cool, you know. It was like, oh, it's awesome, you know, with nice music. But
1: that was actually a... Uh, that was an update of a game that came out in 1995 for uh, the Super Nintendo, which I played just i played that thing mm, I, <laughs> for, bad, for hours i must have spent i, I, I must have spent over 100 hours on that game because uh it, it was just so the, the everything about it i loved and yeah. uh uh it was uh you know you, you take the role of this cadet in starfleet academy and uh there's uh a ser- series of missions i think there's eight levels of four missions each in the, in the nintendo game where uh you start out just kind of learning how to operate a ship and as you uh complete these uh simulated missions then there's a story that uh that progresses that takes you onto real ships and your ships get better and more powerful and different weapon systems um the uh the thing that was most fun about that game is the first Star Trek game I remember playing, where you really feel like the combat is more strategic. Yeah. Uh, like you can you you really you really have to think about when you're going to engage, when you're not going to engage, and then you also have an opportunity to solve missions diplomatically as well. Like you use your hailing frequencies to contact the ships, and sometimes if you say the right things that you can get them to stand down and you don't have to enter battle um it's a really uh it's a really deep uh but but simple i mean i was playing on a super nintendo controller you know it's not it's not a overly complex system but what you can do in there is surprisingly deep and interesting and as i said i played it for hundreds of hours even after finishing the game uh there's actually three... The best part of the game is when you're finished it because you get three bonus missions based on uh, scenes from the Rathacon, Rathacon. yeah. And uh, Undiscovered Country. And uh, the best one is uh, from uh, uh, Balance of Terror, the original series episode mm-hmm. with the Romulan ships. And uh, it's... And, but then after that, you can even go on and just do... Uh, uh, kind of, it's it's like a build-your-own-mission kind of thing, except you can use the enemy ships. You can yeah. use the Klingon ships, and you get all different weapons there. And the Romulan ships, you get uh, different systems there. Uh, so it's just endless, endless fun. Uh, yeah.
0: I love the thing that a friend of mine and I, we actually played the versus mode a lot versus each other. You know? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. There was a little versus mode in there where you could I always liked getting a little like O birth class ship and trying to you know buzz
1: it buzz around
0: them like a hornet. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. That game was for the Super Nintendo, and it had it kind of used the same uh, graphics engine as like Star Fox. You know, that's what your ships kind of looked like. I guess that's one way to put it, right? sort of like that 3D that was in Star Fox.
1: Right. Well, you know what it reminded me of most of all is uh, the original Wing Commander games.
2: Like, oh yeah, you know, yeah.
1: You 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 flew the ship the same way. It was the same type of, of uh, combat. It was like early 3D space simulation combat. You know, is the best way to describe it. I
0: guess. The only thing about that game is that it just had the Wrath of Khan music on a loop. You know, in like uh, that in like that MIDI or whatever it is form. You know, just like over and over again. Like every that was like the theme, and it was like I mean, oh man. Uh, I, I, I'm sure it was probably better on the uh, on the PC, right? They they, they upgraded up, updated the music for the PC. They had an original score, yeah, for the PC. Yeah, yeah, it was. Sure. But but hey, the, they're they're both very fun. Um, my first uh, the first one I'm gonna actually get. I'm not really. I don't know how into it I'm gonna be, but I I played a, a heck of a lot of it. Was um, Star Trek Voyager Elite Force, which is. Um, I want to say it was probably like the first first person shooter in Star Trek, maybe I I want to say so, maybe there was one before. It. Oh, you know what? No, there was that Generations game. I think was a first person game if I remember correctly. I remember a Klingon game
1: that seemed to be it was a PC That's uh, right. it was a PC game where you played as a Klingon that and was it was fun. Ba- it was written on the Doom engine, I think. It was like came ra- came out around maybe a few years after Doom 1 or Doom 2 came out. Mm-hmm. And you played as a Klingon, you had a bat left, and you went around in first person. But I think, I mean, it was around that same time. It was around that same time. uh, It was definitely an early one for the consoles. It's probably the first one on the
2: consoles, right?
0: Elite Force was only on PC. I I don't know if it was on a PlayStation or not. But I think it was built off of the Quake engine. And it was really, for the time, a pretty cool-looking game. And, again, you have the uh, Voyager crew. You have all their voices on there.
4: On Stardate 48315.6, the USS Voyager was transported beyond our control, 70,000 light-years across the galaxy to the Delta Quadrant. There, without aid from Starfleet, we began our 70-year journey home. In our numerous encounters, we came into contact with many dangerous and violent species. Having a limited crew with no chance of reinforcements, we determined that we needed a specialized team to handle the more dangerous situations. Tuvok, Voyager's chief of security, assembled an elite force of security personnel named the Hazard Team. Ensign Monroe is second in command of this uniquely trained team. Equipped with Seven of Nine's experimental anti-Borg weapon, the Infinity Modulator, the Hazard Team has beamed to a Borg cube on a dangerous mission. However, the team was quickly overwhelmed, and the IMOD is now in the hands of the Borg. Separated from the rest, Monroe is attempting to rescue the team
0: and uh, deals with them and the threat and he start off with the Borg and then it introduces a new enemy called the um, Ethereans, I think ethereals something like that. I forget exactly, but um it's a fun game it's uh the thing I have it's like you know there's no hazard you never see a hazard team on Voyager. I mean it would seem like something they could have used since
1: <laughs> yeah, it might have come in handy a few
0: times. <laughs> Yeah, it was a first-person shooter. There was some really cool levels. I remember the first level is a you're on a Borg ship and you're you're trying to get this weapon from the Borg, um, and it turns out to be a, holode- a holodeck program. And then Tuvok kind of tells you you suck because you got your crew killed or you're reckless.
3: Sir, if I may, how was I supposed to know the panel would explode? That point is not relevant, Mister Monroe a given situation is not as predictable as you might desire your reckless decision has caused the death of you and your teammates you have failed had you followed standard hazard team procedures you may have survived the simulation and achieved your mission objectives yes sir procedure speak freely ensign Deck four. With all due respect, sir, I don't think procedure would have mattered. There wasn't any way I could have possibly rescued them. Someday, Mr. Monroe, you may be called upon to do the impossible. Consider this to be your personal Kobayashi Maru.
4: Red alert. All hands to battle stations.
0: Computer, reroute turbo lift to the bridge. It's a fun game. Um... It's it's a first person shooter, you know. Right, it, it's right. in that same vein as like, but you know the weapons are cool. You know you have your standard phaser, you get the phaser rifle, you get uh, this thing called the i mod, the infinity modulator, which is a weapon that 709 invents. It's sort of supposed to be able to just kill the Borg. It like goes against their uh, modulations that they can't adapt to. You know, as it is in these games, they give you something really cool, like a cool weapon, and then they give you uh, enemies that the weapon doesn't work on. You know, so
2: it's like. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: you got you got to keep that dangling that carrot in front
0: of you. Yeah, um, and but... it was they followed it up with um, Elite Force Two, which is set on the Enterprise, and you have uh, Patrick, uh, Captain Picard is uh, your boss. Um, so they actually had a sequel to it, which was not as good.
1: I remember playing this game on the PS2. Okay. I never did play the PS uh or the PC version. I'm sure you know being a I've, I was never a PC gamer. I get teased about it. Uh Rico uh always <laughs> says, "Why don't you play these games on the PC?" Um but I've always been uh behind like my computer is always too old to run these games and then by the time uh I have hardware that's uh decent enough to to run them, there's all this new stuff out. So a lot of these games i played on my consoles, and back in, what is it, 2002 when this came out, or somewhere around the turn of the century, I think, this game came out.
0: Yeah, it was right Um, around there.
1: And uh, it was, uh, there's a big, big difference between a PlayStation 2 and a PC game at the time. Now it's not quite as uh, as pronounced a difference these days, but... uh, uh, back it, then,
0: back it, then was, it was it was a pretty game for the time as far as
1: uh you know yeah. you could walk
0: around voyager and you know see crewmen get disintegrated and stuff it was pretty neat but i mean it was that was the kind of game that was on the pc back then it was like every game was sort of like that so it was sort of in the as far as the big ones they, 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 around that time there was a another first-person shooter called No One Lists Forever, which was a, sort of like a spy spoof game, which was a pretty fun game, too. But it's sort of
1: the same graphics engine as that. Um, right, that, that was a terrific game, too. Oh, I love that game. I loved but, it because it
0: was so goofy, but...
1: Yeah. But I think... And one of the things we're going to talk about when we talk about the new game is that a shooter... Uh, you have a, you're going to have a real hard time selling a shooter to... Uh, a good part of the core Trek audience. So you're alienate by making a shooter. Now this game was good, and this actually was a very po- Elite Force was a very popular game, and it came at the right time for Star Trek gaming too, because there had been a run of not great games, you know, not well received games. You know, it's the, the Star Trek uh, license. I was amazed when I looked at uh, how many there were over the course of you know gaming history. Um, over a hundred over a hundred Star Trek games you know wow. unbelievable um, and uh, very few of them are action shootery type games and I think it's because it's a hard sell to uh, you know the the core group uh, you know people watch Star Trek because they want their mind stimulated in ways other than uh, you know bang bang shoot shoot yeah
0: uh, so the next one I'm gonna talk about is probably my favorite a Star Trek game probably the one that I've played the most of and that's called it was called Star Trek bridge commander And it was a really fun game. It was like it, when I'm I mean, gonna. I also want to talk about Star Trek um, Online a little bit, but when I thought of Star Trek online, which was sort of which is a multiplayer massive multiplayer online RPG um <laughs> I thought it was going to be something like this, where you could go... You could be so specialized that you're a science officer that you and your friends could have a ship together. I thought that would be a lot of fun, and you would, you had your own stuff to do. But that's not what it's like. It's more like... No matter... Even if you're, you're science, engineering, tactical, you just have a ship. You have your own ship, and you fly around. But this game, it's... Um, it's Again, you get uh, some, uh, some voices from the show. You get um, Patrick Stewart and Brent Spiner. And uh, you are... Uh, In command, you end up in command of a galaxy-class ship called the USS Dauntless, and um, you know it's it's sort of like Starfleet Academy, I guess, like that the the, uh, the more the um, the uh, Super Nintendo version than the uh, PC version, you know, where you have the bridge view and you have a view screen, but it's it's a lot more in depth because you can click on your helmsman or you can click on your ops guy or your tactical guy. And you can manage things through their stations. You know, if you and if you really become adept at it, it's it's pretty cool. But it can be pretty stressful when you're in, a, in combat or whatever. <laughs> and you had a really cool mode, which was you uh, called the quick battle, where you could just throw a bunch of ships in a, in a battle and just fight them. You right. know, and you and I loved that. I thought that that and the graphics on this were really really well done. It's also one of the most heavily modded games out there. I, I mean, like you can find bridge commander mods still to this day
1: well that's what fascinates me about uh this game the most is that there's still to this day an active community modding this game and creating episodes and like there's there's ways you can create your own story missions right
0: yeah i mean i've done some of those i've done a lot of the mods and i mean i love what some of the people do you know what they they improve the the starships in the game they improve the um you know, like the uh, the, the, the phasers, or the, you know what I mean? They make it more like the show or more realistic. It's really just, it's a really cool community uh, that's uh, risen up around that game. Um, and like I said, the net game is about two, man, what is it? It's got to be at least ten years old or so. I'm not sure exactly okay, how old. Yeah, uh,
1: I don't quite remember. I know there's there's been three games, right? Wasn't there a two and a three? There were two sequels to it.
0: Was there sequels? I never only had the first one.
1: I'm fairly certain that they, that they, or maybe maybe they were uh, uh, expansions. I'm not, uh, but I'm pretty sure there there were multiple versions of it. I think the first one came out. I'm I'm looking it up right now. 2002.
0: Okay, yeah, so I was right about 10, 10, 11 years. And I don't think there was any sequels to it. Okay, well, <laughs> you cut that part out if you want to. <laughs> That's right. Okay. But it's a it's a cool game. Um, it, it's a. It, it, that's a. It's one of my favorites. And well, it, it's like the ultimate sim, right? Like
1: it's the ultimate captain. Uh, you know, be 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 your captain, control your ship. You have access to all the different uh, 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 areas of the ship that you know, tactical and uh, the helm and engineering and everyone. And ha- and it's very detailed. All the things you can do, like uh, to affect the. Uh, the way your ship performs, and yep. uh, it's uh, it's uh, really really detailed. The only I, thing... I, I, again, I never had a computer that could run it, and uh, I would love to I would love to go back and play it. I, I'm going to try and get it working on my uh, on my current current system.
0: Yeah, I had I had I remember to, to play it. I had to go get a new video card at the time uh, to play it, but I did get it going, and it it did look pretty nice. Um, but the only the only thing I always strike against it is you never do leave the bridge but um, so many of the Star Trek episodes they don't really leave the bridge that much anyway so
1: well a lot of the games that we've talked about are like that you know the the, the uh, uh, Starfleet Academy games the, the, I would say 90% of that game is on your ship and you know going from place to place and you don't beam down to planets in that game uh, you're either at Starfleet Academy or you're on your ship right Um the, the the best thing about those adventure games that we were talking about earlier is the variety of the environments that you're in. You, you have different, all, you know, there's there's, six, seven different missions that you go on and they're all in different environments. You beam down and interact with alien species and have detailed conversations with people that impact the course of the game. Um, Bridge Commander is, is pretty much about... Doing that, running escort missions, uh, going to save people that are on ships that are being, uh, uh, you know, that are damaged, you got to beam people out of them, and then you wind up in combat. Like, it's different kinds of combat uh, scenarios. The uh, so
0: last one I'm really going to talk in depth about, not really in depth, we're not really doing too much in depth, but uh, Star Trek Legacy for the 360, which is, I guess, it's sort of similar to Bridge Commander, except that it's just the only view you have here ship is from the outside but it's a similar you know you, it goes all the way from the enterprise era through the uh, TNG era um, it has sort of an overarching storyline which pretty much involves the um, like the uh, origin of the Borg I guess is one way to put it and they have their own version of it which involves V'ger and
5: my mind to your mind my thoughts to your thoughts yes Her memory patterns within the collective were well hidden. I know what you know. Its name was V'ger. A probe, human in origin. It fell into a black hole where space and even time are bent. Through whatever providence, this machine survived. Living machines found the probe. Found it and altered it. It's programming a mystery to them. They interpreted it as best they could. We turned to the Creator, but it could find nothing. No others like it, and none that could have created it. In that moment, the probe decided all carbon-based life was an infestation of the Creator's universe. Assimilation. That was their only useful purpose as tools for it to learn and grow. It catalogued all carbon-based life and their technology. It created drones in their image and merged them into a collective consciousness. This is where the Borg began, sent out as heralds to find its creator and to learn all that is learnable and return that information to V'ger for assimilation. As the collective grew, the necessity for a single voice became the only logical recourse. The collective found the females of certain species displayed a mental prowess, enabling them to sift through thousands of thoughts and bring order to chaos. Installing these females as the collective's processors of information.
0: It was cool. I mean, you, you get to do you get to play some. Uh, some cool things you get to play Picard taking command of the Stargazer for the first time in one mission. Uh, you get to fight some Romulans in the Romulan War and, and a few missions on the Enterprise issue, um, uh, the Enterprise episodes. And again,
1: one of the best things about that game was having this, the captains of all the. I think you had Shatner, Picard, or a uh, Shatner, um, Picard, and I think Jane was it, Janeway.
0: You and, had um, all the captains. You had all the captains.
1: Oh, okay. I don't remember. I don't remember Cisco being in it.
0: Oh, he was in it. He was. Um, there was one level where he, where the Defiant was. Uh, was in it, and he was there. He wasn't in a big chunk of it, but he was in it for uh, one or two missions. Uh-huh. And there is a there is a level, in the Next Generation era, where you're uh, defending Deep Space Nine from a Borg attack. Okay. But uh, nice. again, it's Deep Space Nine. Like after um, Cisco is already. Gone to do whatever it is he's doing with the Prophets. I see. I but, see. um, yeah, he has all the captains in one way or another. I think Janeway is an admiral. I think she does her, like, talking to Picard or whatever over the uh, giving him orders, which still well, unfortunately can.
1: Unfortunately for me, uh, and what I remember most about this game, is being unable to get past the Kirk part.
2: I mean, I just,
1: I never saw the end of that game. Now, this was, I, what I remember most about this game is that it came out early, early on in the Xbox 360's uh, life cycle. It, it was, I think, maybe six months after launch, this game came out.
0: Uh, it was more like a, I think it was more like a year. But
1: Yes, I, but it was still early. It was an early game. You're, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. But um, I remember I was looking, it was long enough that I was looking forward to it being you know it was still it was still the xbox was still the xbox 360 was still new enough that you're so excited about the next generation of hardware you know and all that it can do the anticipation that i had for playing this game was so high so high Mm -hmm. and then to me i I mean i couldn't i couldn't figure it out i you know the 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 uh I, I read online. I looked at the instructions, and there's just nothing I could do to get past that first level. Like I, and to me, it's just this the the mark of a bad game. You know, I'm, I'm I i was not inexperienced uh, with games at the time, but I just I couldn't I couldn't find what to do. So I, I just remember ultimately being very disappointed in that game. And I even went back after you know after uh, many or maybe not many years, but a couple years, and tried again, and still got stuck on the (laughs) same spot.
0: I think I know the one you're... I think you probably got stuck on the one where you had to sneak the bird of prey through, right? I bet you got stuck on that one.
1: It's been so long since I even tried that I couldn't tell you, but it was the same spot that I got stuck on twice, and I just said, you
0: know what? It's not worth it. It can be a pretty frustrating game. I've beat it, I think, a couple times. Um... And there's a pretty fun skirmish mode on there where you can load up a bunch of ships and just sort of fight and you know the, they did a pretty good job on the, the the models of the ships look really good um the uh, handling of them like the defiant flies really like the defiant should fly I think when you fly actually control the defiant it can whip around uh-huh. and like uh-huh. you know and like it's, but it's
1: those those I mean the thing about these types of games uh when you're talking about uh, a space sim, you know, a space simulator, and uh, when they try to make the way like real, w- the way I guess you think that real humongous ships like that would move, um, it's I think very hard not to make it seem like you're moving just a mountain, a mountain. You know, it feels like you're you're moving very, very slowly. So I think. That's why you feel like the, you know the, the defined class type ships are a lot more fun because you're actually kind of zipping around and you're more mobile and you can uh, you can have more fun. It's like the difference between driving uh, a school bus and driving uh, you know a go kart.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. I mean, it's that game has mixed reviews. Some people love it. I thought I think I'd give it about a. You know, a seven, I guess, you know, out of ten. I really liked it. I, I didn't it was frustrating, but I didn't have as many problems as you did with it. But well, I'm gonna try it again. I'm
1: definitely gonna try it. The third time's gonna be the charm for me. And I'm <laughs> gonna play this game all the way through. I mean it's really uh you know as we're going to talk about real soon it's the best star trek game on the next generation hardware <laughs> for sure still so so I'm, still
0: so i'm going to play it again all right so i guess we're going to have to do this we're putting it off long enough with all this other talk <laughs> so um we're going to cover now the new star trek it's just star trek it's called but i, I call it star trek the game yeah for 2013 anyway and um it just was. It was released on this year, April twenty third. So not even a month ago, and uh, I talked to you about this before it came out. We were kind of both like, "Hey, we'll get that game. We'll play it. We'll do this podcast on. It, it'll it be fun," you know. So like, we'll be, we'll
1: be so we'll be so filled with joy right. that we'll be able to talk nonstop about how right. how much we loved it
0: because <laughs> all the pre-game stuff, like before the release. Like I read a, lot, I saw a lot of positive press, like from E3 on it. You know, like people were like, "Oh, this game looks really amazing." Well, and that was
1: actually two E3s ago, right? That
0: yeah, was, it was.
1: And it looked. People were there was so much excitement. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. There was so much excitement surrounding this game, because um, it looked so good. It looked so interesting. You had the, uh, uh, the Gorn. Were your main uh, villains and they showed uh, some really cool uh, first-person uh, uh, perspective shooting with uh, great animation it was a lot of excitement two years ago mm. then it went dark though didn't it
2: yeah
0: then there was you didn't hear, you
1: didn't hear much about
0: you it. didn't hear much but I did read an interview with the with the CEO of the company saying this is not a throwaway tie-in game and this is this and this is that and I'm like oh this guy's taking it serious now Never mind that I read the same stuff from the people that made Colonial Marines. I mean, I'm, I'm I've been duped a couple times this past year.
1: But yeah, um, I read that same article that you read, and yeah. uh, it filled me with hope. He he said he said some things about. Uh, he said we acknowledge that a lot of people feel about uh, movie tie-in games that they're kind of throwaway. That uh, and people do. I mean, we we should probably talk about that a little bit, and that. Uh, Games that are tied in, games that are tied in to release around the same time that a movie comes out, you know, obviously they're capitalizing on the the interest that's generated by all the promotion that's going on around uh, a huge movie like Star Trek that's coming out. So it increases sales and it increases sales to a point where it's – it makes it financially worthwhile, I guess, to just – you have to have something on the shelves because you're going to make that money. And if you don't have something on the shelves at that time, it's leaving all that money on the table. Yeah. Uh, I remember,
0: so, so just a little funny story. Um, you texted me the Sunday before it came out and you're like, I'm at Toys R Us and they have it.
1: Right. It was two days early.
0: And I'm like, you lucky bastard. You know. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So you, you said, I'm going to get it. And then you like send me a picture of the opening screen. I'm like, oh, this sucks. Man, you're playing it, and I don't get to play it. So <laughs> I then- was so
1: excited. It was. It, 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 it is actually a pretty great opening. It is. Like, if you just sit there and, and, and watch that. Uh, it, the 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 first shot is of the entire uh bridge crew, and uh, it's a 360 degree panoramic shot of the entire Enterprise bridge, and it looks beautiful. Yeah. The character their character models look great um they're really uh good versions of course when they start talking <laughs> then it,
0: they, talk it, it looks a little worse so,
1: but this is just a static
0: you shot you texted me on tuesday and you're like did you get that game and i'm like no i'm at work but i'm gonna stop on the way home and pick it up you're like dude it's not <laughs> not good <And> it, <laughs> oh i can't i'm not doing this because i had traded in what happened was i went to um gamestop was having a um they were give they were giving an extra percentage on trade-ins towards um new games or to, towards um, reservations. So I went through my sure one of their promotions. Right. Never. I went through I went through my um, my library and pulled out a bunch of games I just wasn't ever going to play again and you know, and I got a I got a I got a full games worth of credit. You know, so I'm like I will order Colonial Marines. I want that game. That's a game I've been waiting for. And I was literally waiting for that game forever. Uh-huh. And then yeah, cause it, it went
2: through development
1: hell that
0: game. Yeah, so then like a few a couple like I started reading all the bad stuff about that game. I mean, and that game got killed online before it came out or right around the same or the day it came out. It was like just brutal. It's still, it's still getting killed. I think there's a lawsuit about that game. Yeah. Um, So I went into GameStop and I said, listen, I don't want that game. (laughs) I will just give me this. I'm going to get the Star Trek game because I'm I'm a Star Trek geek. and I'm going to get it anyway. (laughs) So then you're telling me this game is no good. I'm like, I can't do it again. I'm not going to keep playing this game now. So you know, I got it, and of course,
1: of course, it's like we could we could see like bad reviews of this Star Trek movie that's coming out. There's no way that we
0: would not see it. And uh, I played, the, and then I sat down, and I was my, my wife was semi interested, and she's like, "Oh, I'll play that with you. I want I want to be Spock." And I'm like, "So we sat down. I first got it, and we tried to do a co op level, and it was the worst. Oh my god, it is horrendously." unplayable uh car is couch co-op it is the most uncomfortable playing game
1: well it's like hilariously bad right i mean you can at least you can at least laugh right
0: oh and i i I put on the forum that angry joe um sort of review of it and i had some of the same glitches that he had where like spock became like huge like on the screen, like you're little Kirk, and you turn around, and Spock is like a giant yeah. Spock, like that animated episode. What was it, where the you know where Spock was a big giant Spock? Um, <laughs> but I the, like when you get,
1: I like when Spock or whoever it is is your AI partner gets stuck in the environment, and there's yeah. just nothing you can do. Think, he gets stuck there, and I think if you walk far enough away, he'll warp next to you finally. But you yeah. can make him dance, like because he, 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 he'll your AI. AI partner. If you're letting the computer play it, will follow you in the direction that you turn. So you can make them do the craziest things when they get stuck behind desks and things like that. Yeah, Yeah, there's just there's there. What's unforgivable about it really is that there are game-breaking bugs. You know, like
0: there. I told you, I I had a, I had an issue on a long level, the level where you're rescuing everybody from the uh, star base, and then at the end you have that little transporter gun and you have to shoot spock and you have to and you have to beam him to the little pads and i got f- pretty far like almost the end and then i'm shooting spock with the transporter gun and it ain't working the same
1: thing happened to me you know and i was actually excited at that level because at least we're doing something different here you know like they had it was a unique idea it's like oh a transporter gun that's clever you know this is this is a lot like portal which is i don't know if anybody uh that's listening has played that game it's one of the greatest games of recent time um but uh it's a lot like a lot like portal in that you 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 tag your partner and then uh you use a gun to uh, aim at a transporter pad, which can be somewhere else on the level, you know, across a gap or through a door that's partially opened, Hmm. and then beam your partner to that transporter pad, but as you were about to say, what happens?
0: Nothing. Uh, And and somehow (laughs) after, so that was and I was moving through the game pretty well I was like, kind of gritting my teeth I'm like, I'm gonna beat this and that happened and I'm like, crap like I can't get any further. You can't advance without that gun. I hope, you
1: sa- hope you saved. I hope your last save wasn't an hour right. ago. Right.
0: Because... Well, that's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. I did yeah, get but... through that part, but let me let me just go. I'm gonna back slide back a little bit. What's gonna do some of the business end of this game, which is that it's it's designed as a co-op game. Um, it's set between Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness, which I have a little bit of issue with the ending of it. Well, I guess you haven't gotten to the
1: end, but. No, I, I actually didn't
0: finish this game yeah, either. <laughs> yeah, it says it allows uh, gamers to play as James T. Kirk and Spock when they discover a group of scientists developing a new Vulcan homeworld have torn open a hole in space with their Helios device, enabling the Gorn to invade. Um, and that the, and the and the main. Pr- I mean, it sounds so great, doesn't it? It, it sounds exciting.
1: It sounds so great! What a great
0: idea! The, and the and the tricorder is the primary gameplay element. It gives the players information, and interface, to solve puzzles. And okay,
1: that's taken it a little far.
0: Yeah. All right. The the and there is a few. Let, let me start off with with the tricorder and the puzzles. They're <laughs> they're they're the same three puzzles over and over. And over again. Yeah. You can't Are you talking? you're talking about the mini games? Mini like, games yeah. like the you know, you yeah. gotta hack and there's like either you match these frequencies or you yeah. do the one where you have you you match the wave and then there's these... just not fun. No, they're, just they're not just not fun. Now yeah. see yeah. and they make you do it over and over and over again. It like a million times. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not like you said, yeah. I can forgive a lot if a game is just fun. If it's a simple game, okay, as long as I have fun playing it and but so the, the tricorder is okay you find little things to scan and give you more information or you give yeah. you a little voice file maybe it's an admiral or something or scotty tell us right. something. that's
1: about the only thing that i enjoyed about this game is scanning the environment for objects right uh and finding those audio clips that you're talking about that that they, they really could have done a lot more with that than they did but uh I mean I guess they're thinking for completionists like you can go through and find every little thing
0: and that I, you can scan
1: with the tricorder. I,
0: I am a completionist but I'm not I'm not willing to go back and do it. Now,
1: there's a difference between a completionist and a masochist. You'd have to be a masochist to want to go through that game and 100%. And I've them.
0: I've beaten, you know, Call of Duty all oh, the Call of Duty games on veteran and that's painful sometimes, but I've done it and I'm just not willing to do it for this game but the other issue is now. I had pictured something where, if you decide that I'm going to play this through a Spock, that you have somewhat of a different experience. You don't. You, no,
1: there's you, there's there's no difference whatsoever. The you only have,
0: difference is you ha- you can do the Vulcan nerve pinch on somebody as a takedown.
1: <laughs> right. Instead of uh, Kirk uses his phaser.
0: Yeah, he stuns him at close range. Yeah. Right,
1: so that's not really a difference. There, there I think there are some. Uh, abilities like you have an upgrade path to your that's right to your to your tricorder and to your uh phaser and spot gets ve- slightly different abilities but not enough to make it a, right a
0: really different it doesn't experience. it doesn't change it enough you know like like say i don't know if you've played like skyrim or if you oh, yeah okay so you know if you play that game as a somebody who's who's using stealth you have a completely different experience than somebody <laughs> doesn't. You know what I mean? It's like almost it's a whole different game. You can, I think everybody that plays Skyrim has a completely different game experience than everybody else because everybody plays differently. It's just that allows that. And I'm not saying that Star Trek has to be open world, but
1: no. But that just reminded me of something so funny about the Star Trek game is there are sequences where they kind of half-heartedly encourage you to use stealth. Yeah. If, you mean, and it's so
0: it's Frust- ridiculous. It's impossible. It's frustrating. I my son sat and watched me try to do it and it's just about it's like what's the point? What is even the point of it because in the end it doesn't really like it's not like Metal Gear where if you if you don't use stealth everything gets screwed up. Yeah. And like if in Metal Gear if you don't use stealth and you get caught either you have either you're you have to get back to the last checkpoint or it, Oh. Like in Splinter Cell, a game like that where you don't use stealth properly, now you've got so many guys to fight, it becomes super challenging. This is just a few guys. Never really is so many guys. And and,
2: but there's there's
1: it's almost impossible to get past them using stealth because they're so stupid. The AI yeah. is so ridiculously dumb. Like you could be standing right in front of them and they don't see you for some reason. Like there's no rhyme or reason to when they're uh, alert. Like they're supposed to change color to show their alert status like... Uh, uh, in a callback to Metal Gear like you mentioned but it's just it's just uh, it's a, it's almost laughable trying to play that game in stealth mode <laughs> um and you're right you know it doesn't it doesn't you don't get anything you get a little bit more xp i think if you manage yeah. uh if you manage to complete like uh, a level uh which you, there's nothing to do with that xp
2: anyway no,
0: you just <laughs> and, upgrade your your you get those little upgrades on your your phaser or whatever. Um, yeah,
1: sure, but you get all that anyway. Like, it doesn't. You don't get it. You hardly get it any faster by.
0: Uh... <laughs> so the, uh, yeah, the the main um, enemy in the game is the Gorn, right? And they were redesigned, and they're redesigned to have like several different subspecies. You know, like, you know, rushers or henchmen. You know, all these different guys with different abilities some are some can go like cloak themselves. Um, some are more snipers or some are more like a raptor. Um, there's even a callback to the Gorn from arena, which is called the Gorn Champion, and that's a, that's a you know, in a part of the game where you and Spock have to fight in an arena and you end up fighting that Gorn champion. And I was like oh, that's pretty cool he he kind of picks up big rocks and throws them at you and he sort of looks like that Gorn. he has sort of the same sort of get up on rounded snout <laughs> yeah and he throws rocks at you but he wasn't super hard to beat or anything but it was kind of, that was kind of fun uh that was a cool little callback now th- th- that that is really in the end my main complaint about this game is like the voice acting is fine it's great it's it's the guys from the um from the movies so that's great. <laughs>
1: I would say I would say the voice acting is at best inconsistent. Well, like you hear you hear a lot of uh, the same stuff over and over okay. and over again. It's very repetitive. I
0: say it's great because it has the the guys from the movie in it, but it's 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 okay. I mean, it has those actors in it, but I don't know if they were tied into it or not. But
1: I'm drawing a blank, and I'm going to sound. Uh, just dumb, but I can't remember the guy's name that plays Scotty in the new movie. I know, I've seen all his movies.
0: Simon uh, Pegg.
1: Simon Pegg, of course. He's great in it. <laughs> he's actually really enjoyable in
0: the game. You're right, you know, good. I think about the parts where he comes on and it's like he's actually kind of giving a performance. Uh-huh. I think Chris Pine sort of phoned it in. I mean, I'm not... Chris trying... Pine
1: totally phoned it in. Yeah. Quinto's okay, but, you know, he's doing like the Spock. kind of, yeah, the, 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 the Spock voice that is... Uh, uh, Kind of hard to mess that up.
0: (laughs) Not much inflection involved.
3: Scotty, get us out of here.
1: Well, do, sir. Can you move forward
3: 15 meters? No good. I have a big wall of green dead ahead. Well, can you move back then? Not so much. I don't know what you two are doing down there, but my job involves very complex formulas and precise calculations. Scotty, we're pinned in. Do it now.
4: Aye, aye, Captain interference i can't get a walk on you then
2: we need a bigger gun
3: scotty prepare torpedoes fire on my mark what's it, captain but i can't see a thing down there. i'm gonna need a little help then we'll paint you a target aye sir mr Scott, need i remind you that the situation is critical time is of the essence Should i talk to you? you check off prepare to engage hostiles. aye aye yes sir captain sensors indicate a vulcan life sign on the larger enemy ship
5: it is Serac. Captain, I would advise a more cautious approach. Noted. Enemy fighters within range, Captain. Captain, enemy ships
2: changing course. They're heading towards
3: us. banks fully charged, Captain. Ready when you are. Hold weapons fire only on my mark.
5: Fighters approaching in three, two, one.
1: Fire. <laughs>
0: Here, the the fun factor is my main issue with that game like it, it's just it's not it's so not fun most of the time now the, the one thing i was looking forward to i saw that there was a level where you could like shoot in space i'm like now that's something i want to do
1: that's just, yeah where you where
0: you're piloting I, the enterprise right it, i thought like in every game like halo and uh, gears of war and some of these games or 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 call of duty um, you have some parts of the game where you just are allowed to like un- be unleashed and just have a good time blowing stuff up. Like in Halo, you get into the tank and you're just wasting everything with it. It's like not much of a challenge, but it's just fun. You get to sort of just play around and have a good time. Um, in Gears of War, you have a similar thing. You're riding around in a big monster. I think the second Gears of War, you're just blowing the crap out of stuff. And, and in, in Call of Duty, those games, you get to use the uh, those those big planes and just obliterate, you know, enemies. Right, you're basically dropping nukes. <laughs> on no, no, So no. much. And you know what? It's not, it's not hard. You're not in any danger, but it, it is fun. It just is very satisfying. Mm-hmm. And that's okay for a small part of the game, just to have let you be unleashed. That space combat, they give... This game either gives you too much instruction, or no instruction. And they gave <laughs> you no instruction on the space combat.
1: Well, if you blink, you miss it. Basically... Yeah
0: and it was i die kept blowing up cuz like these these torpedoes are like landing in my hull
1: and are yeah, getting kamikaze I didn't, ships flying at you,
0: and, like, it, you like i had to hold the left bumper down to exactly if you keep, don't
1: realize to raise
0: your shields to keep the shields no but you it's not just raising them you have to actually hold that button down to keep them to keep up them yeah up so that you don't blow up yeah and it was actually an achievement for like keeping your hull above <sighs> 85% which i tried 10 oh, times really? Yeah, I guess, listen, it ain't worth the ten gamer points. This, <laughs> this is utterly ridiculous. Because now, I
1: failed that sequence like eight times yeah, as well. There's
0: not, no way and, I'm going back to it. And it, it wasn't fun, as Billy Crystal would say. It's not fun and it's not funny. It's
2: <laughs>
0: it's, it's it is not, and, and it's the only part of the game that is is out of the um, realm of of the of the duck and cover gameplay. So I was like, at least hoping that maybe there was a redeeming something in there. Like, hey, that part was awesome. Maybe they can make a game out of that, um, because they can do successful things like that, like in Assassin's Creed 3 where they have ship combat. You know, you you take you have a pirate ship and you go out and you you do naval battles, and it's a, it's a completely different part of the game, but it's very it's very fun. And, well, and
1: and that's they they really I think they made an effort to try to do that with this game. I mean, there are there are varying different mechanics that are taken from some of the best games in the genres that they're taking from. You know, uh, you mentioned Gears of War, you have that duck and cover kind of combat. Um, There's also platforming sequences where you climb, like if you've played the Uncharted games for the PS, uh, or the new, or the PS3, uh, or the new Tomb Raider game, um, where you have kind of climbing mechanics, Um, I already mentioned earlier, the portal. Kind of puzzle-solving mechanics from that game. Um, the transporter gun is similar to that. The problem is, it does it all so badly. Like it's not—it's not even an homage. It's—it's it's just ripping it off poorly.
2: Right. It's basically.
1: So, so what disappoints me the most is that it's just failed potential. You know, there is a good story. Like when you were reading the back of the box, there's some good ideas here. You gotta you've got the voice cast to work with you've got writers that are decent you know it, it's not a it's not a bad story
2: yeah.
1: but they just they just don't do anything with it they don't they don't deliver on the promise that uh is there
0: no you know? and and i mean when you see games that build their own universe that are just act like mass effect the universe that they constructed in that game and those games is amazing, and imagine I'm trying to imagine like a Star Trek game with that kind of care given to the the massive universe that they have to play around with. It could it be it could be one of the best sci-fi games ever. Now I know that they're not going to do that with a tie-in because they don't want to spend the money on developing all the you know. Because I mean Mass Effect is a huge undertaking, those, yeah. You know, but I mean that's but sort they of they
1: could, they could, well, they should, they should. I mean they they Mass Effect that game is is basically what uh star trek would be if they if they took that kind of care i mean mass effect if those if those developers i I actually read somewhere that that game started out as a star trek game and they were going to they were going then some licensing thing fell through and that uh took the assets that they were using and made it into a whole new universe. But Mass Effect was originally supposed to start out as a Star Trek game.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, But what, what bothered me, another thing that bothered me about this new game is that they didn't seem to get what people, what Star Trek gamers love about, or what Star Trek fans love about Star Trek, and they didn't even try to translate it to the game like the best some of the best star trek games that we've talked about uh tonight tonight are games that understand that like you have those adventure games where you're communicating with other with other you know iconic characters and uh the things you say are either funny or meaningful and they have an impact on the gameplay um and They get what we love about the characters too, you know, the humor, and the camaraderie. There's, there's none of that. All you do that's, uh, you know, camaraderie in this game is, you, are, you're on one side of the door and Spock's on the other side of the door, and you pull it open together. That's it. (laughs) That's about it. And you do it a hundred times. Yeah,
0: that's that's the point. It's like everything that you do that would that you could do co-op with anybody, you could do in the in one level, and then you would have done it all. You know, and then and and you didn't finish this game, I did finish it again. No,
1: don't, you don't have to worry about spoiling it. This is right. one spoiler, I don't
0: care but, about. But you know, Those it does get pre- there, there's a couple it. of parts that are, that are just plain frustrating. Where, you know, but it's not it's 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 not. I told you this before we started. When I was trying to beat this game, and I was having a little bit of a frustrating time with it. With just uh, some of the elements of how there was—you have to sort of solve these puzzles on the, the Gorn space station, and you know you're tr- you have to transport from one pad to another, and then you're just showing up and getting disintegrated because there's 30 million Gorn up there. <laughs> you know they throw a million enemies at you at the end, of the, near the end of the game, and um, she tried stealth. But like I said to you, yeah, that would have helped. <laughs> but like I said to you uh, before we recording, I said, I said, I actually said. I have to stop playing so much video games it's this is this you know but you know there are great video games out there um, and maybe well, you'll, uh, get, you'll get over that you I do, get over that pretty quickly probably <laughs> but I mean the the, the fact that the matter is it's just um, maybe I should just my standards are a little bit high I tend to try to get games that are either part of a franchise that I know I know for quality or something that I, I kind of do a little re- more research on but these last two purchases. Um, between Colonial Marines, which I didn't purchase, but I did rent for a week. And I did beat it, and it was uh, a broken game. Um, And the same thing with this. It's glitchy. It wasn't ready. It wasn't done, first of all, number one. Uh, Number two, uh, they just dropped the ball on the fun level. And as far as the story goes, I've heard a million things like them saying this is a canon story. Now, at the ending of the game, you have a cap. It ends very abruptly by the way, yeah. you, you rescue this... That's the, the well, Vul- probably a relief by the time you get there. You, you Exactly. You you rescue this Vulcan woman from the Gorn, um, and then you beam to the Enterprise, Scotty beams you up, and that's the end of the game. You don't have any kind of a cinematic, <laughs> and, then the, and then the credits roll. And then at the very end, after the credits, you have a, a little captain's log uh, by Kirk sort of going, hey, you know, we survived, and the Gorn are gone, and I have to go to this planet now, which is from what i understand the planet that the beginning of into darkness uh, takes place on so uh, the and then the only issue i have with that is now the com these people have also said that the comic book prequel uh, countdown to darkness is canon right okay but countdown to darkness ends with them going to that planet <laughs> so so, which is it well by quality i'm going to say countdown to darkness was um a little bit more of a fun, it was a fun read and it was entertaining and it makes more sense for the overall story, I guess, of the movie coming up. But they both sort of end at the same spot, so I don't see how they could both be canon, but maybe that's just nitpicking. But
1: I think they, they probably figured that the only people that could have possibly finished that Star Trek game to see that little ending are people that are definitely going to be going to see that movie as well and uh, would appreciate the easter egg
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: uh, but i mean in the end it's it's not a fun game it's it's it ha- all right I- i'm not going to say it's not totally fun there are some moments that i had fun with but not a lot i mean i bought i have injustice which it is a licensed game right yeah. They could have, you know, and they could, and, and they could have just as easily put out a standard, just fighting game with it. But they have they have made a pretty deep uh, gameplay experience with a fighting game on the uh, for the for DC Comics. And they they took their license, and they knew what the fans would enjoy. And it really is a lot of a, a lot of fun to play. If you're a DC Comics geek, you you won't be you won't get enough of that game, you know. Um, and. There's lots of licensed games, like the Arkham games, the Batman games. Those are amazing games.
1: Well, you have you have it's a double-edged sword when you're dealing with a licensed property because, um, it it you know bad games are uh, you know I hate to say it but bad games are a dime a dozen. There's a lot of them out there. I think we're going to be see less be seeing less and less as time goes on because they're so expensive to make now that people can't afford to make bad games. But um, it hurts so much more when it's a property that you love like star trek and like aliens if you're playing something you feel more personally invested at least i do i feel more personally invested in it because i love the franchise so much and it just it's it makes it more painful uh it makes you feel kind of abused like okay so these people knew that i was going to buy this and they made it uh, and didn't seem to care that they were making a prop, uh, 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 just a poor product. Um, so it, it makes, you know, you generally don't think that about things that you don't necessarily love as much as you love, as much as
2: I love Star Trek.
0: And as far, I'm going to tell you right now, as far as something that sort of feels more like the franchise is based on, Colonial Marines wins. At least, at least it's got uh, elements of the movies that feel sort of correct, even though the gameplay is not always great and there's a lot of – there's some crummy graphics and there's a lot of uh, glitchy stuff that goes on with it. Yeah. At the end of it, I guess maybe because I didn't pay $60 for it, I probably had more fun with that game. But I, I, it, it, they're, they're both not gr- not great games. They're both – like, you know, kind of crapping on their audience in one way well, or another. Well,
1: I, I hope it's not a sign of the times to come, because um, what this game really needed, in my opinion, is someone at Paramount, someone invested in the license to say, this is not Star Trek, this is not what our characters would do. Uh, you know, you're you're annihilating a species. This is supposedly first contact with the Gorn, and you kill tens of thousands of them over
0: right. the course
1: of this game. That's not what Star Trek is all about. And these people that made this game, either didn't know or didn't care, and neither is acceptable.
0: Yeah, to if me. there yeah. was there was no element of this game where you were Captain Kirk on the bridge and having to negotiate with an enemy or anything like that, where you could have a branching. Conversation like Mass Effect, where you can affect the outcome. You can, you know what I mean. And 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 throughout the game, like Kirk is calling the Gorn creatures, creatures that that, that thing. And meanwhile, I mean, the whole point of that original Arena episode was, you know, for Kirk to realize that they're just both captains of of, of ships and they're they're different species and they kind of come to an understanding. Right. Why and, can't you, you got you got the. The aliens teaching us to get along. I don't. Rem- Why can't we all
2: just get along?
0: I don't remember the Gorn being planet-destroying creatures in the original series. I think they were you just. A, they, they've, they've upped the ante on the Gorn in this game. They're like galactic destroyers. I mean, it, yeah. it's like it's like a weird sort of. You know, I would. I think it would have worked better if they had a different uh, protagonist. I mean, it was cool to, to fight Gorn, I guess. But yeah, uh, I was
1: excited about it. And, and,
2: and again, like when we saw
1: this game two years ago. Um, I'm not sure if the Gorn were actually at that reveal or not, but I do. I remember when I first saw the Gorn, um, it it reminded me of the way they kind of reimagined the Gorn during the uh, Star Trek Enter- Enterprise episodes that sur- that surrounded made them more lizard like and kind of you know than the 60s that we hadn't seen them since the 60s at that point. Right. So uh, you know, it was it it was just another an, another thing. Where they kind of failed to live up to the promise that it was there. I don't. I that's don't what even. It turned out to be it was not.
0: I'm not bothered by the redesign. I'm just bothered by the actual execution of, of the uh, star Starfleet reaction to them. You know, <laughs> they just so and so. They make the Gorn commander just be this completely evil type person, but there's never any kind of. I just think that they like. There's just that one gameplay element dismissing is. Um, is dialogue that matters, you know, that you can. But not, they weren't looking to make that kind of a deep gameplay experience. Or if they were, they just gave up pretty early on because they was...
1: gave up because th- there's one whole type of Gorn, like you were talking about the different car- uh, different kind of enemy types that uh, of Gorn that are there. There's one that they didn't do a walking animation for, so they just float across the, the floor. You know what I'm talking
2: about? Yeah, they just,
1: their legs don't move.
2: Yep. And they just, they just, they look like they're on a conveyor belt. Yeah, I've seen it still. Yeah.
0: So okay. Um sorry if you guys if anybody wanted to buy <laughs> that game, but it will be very cheap soon enough. So you can You'll be able to get it for nine ninety five and, and then you can that. and then you'll be like, eh it wasn't so bad because you only paid ten <laughs> but I feel like that when I pay sixty dollars for something I have a right to uh complain if I don't uh care for the product that I purchased. And uh that's how I feel. I feel that it was not great, and I, and as a Star Trek fan, I'm very disappointed that I don't have a good Star Trek game to play. But um, it's not like it's not like Star Trek's going away. I'm sure there'll be another game, and hopefully somebody takes a lesson. Whoever gets the license, whoever gets to do it.
1: Yeah, I I, I think it's definitely not the end of Star Trek gaming. We'll see them. Um, I mean, we do. I mean, a lot of these games kind of live on. Uh, there, you're if you if you uh, spend a little time. uh, uh, searching out there's ways to play i think the, the the games that billy bob talked about the really good ones uh are available uh uh on the internet now they're 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 available to to download for free i believe they're not selling it anymore i think it's and it's a li- kind of a legal gray area but they consider it abandoned wear at this point so those you can uh you can find those two games and even though we didn't talk about them in detail they're probably the best things if you're interested in playing a, a Star trek game they're the best
0: uh, any uh, out. any game that we talked about before this is worth playing before the new game i w- I would say that their the quality on them is is ten times better um, and uh the uh, paying attention though with the to the actual franchise that they're basing it on not just saying not just plugging a shooting game into um, into starfleet uniforms which is what they did in this game really in the end that's all it is it's a shooting game with some minor puzzles and you have kirk and spock that don't skins. Skins. That, Yeah, skins doesn't they don't have to be kirk and spock it could be uh captain neutron and you know whatever it doesn't really matter who they are because it's just a game where you shoot at stuff and that's it and that's pretty much it
1: well i hope people are still listening i don't know if we've been complaining quite a lot about this new <laughs> oh, yeah. game and and uh, I don't I don't want it to sound like I'm I'm angry or anything like that because I'm certainly not. But um, I, you know it is a, it is a little disappointing. It's uh, a bummer. And, um, but in five days I'm gonna feel uh put it all behind me. I'll forget all about that game. Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna see the new Star Trek movie. I can't yes.
0: Wait for that. <laughs> Let's get it's time to get fired up, man. Yeah. It's, it's a new Star Trek movie. It's been it's been four years and. Uh, I am very, very, very excited, and, and if you're going, everybody, if you're going to do a video uh, recording of yourself, uh, of your review of it, you need to get that into Rico, uh, treksf at gmail.com, I think, that's where you can send that, and uh, get those to Rico so he can put them together for next week's video podcast on uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, and I think that's what we're going to end on, so uh, everybody, go see the new Star Trek movie, L- wait, wait until the new Star Trek game is, uh, is cheap. Uh, Play that maybe when Star Trek's out on Blu-ray, Into Darkness is out on Blu-ray. Maybe there'll be a two-pack. I don't know. But um, (laughs) anyway,
1: everyone enjoy it. Uh, I just want to say thank you to you for uh, you know facilitating this for me. It was a a lot of fun for me to talk to you, and I want to say to everybody at the uh, forums. Enjoy the movie if you're listening to this before the movie. Enjoy it. Have a great time. Uh, I can't wait to hear about what you guys thought. Uh, if you're listening to it afterwards, uh, after the movie, I hope you really enjoyed it. <laughs>
0: and yeah, hey, all you turkeys over in the UK, keep your spoilers to yourself. Yeah, because we don't. don't wanna,
1: we don't want to know.
0: That's right. We. I need. We. I've. I've made it this long without knowing the whole plot of the movie, and I only have a few days left, so.
1: I know. I, I think I should just stay off of the
0: internet yeah, for
1: five think, days. Maybe, yeah. I'll just, maybe I'll just uh, put some stuff on my iPad and not watch TV and uh, not watch not, not
0: go on the internet. Yeah, I wish I had not found out that John Harrison was a Tribble. But uh, anyway. What? Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: no! No. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to us rant. And we actually, well, the other games we talked about we did enjoy, but we did rant a little bit, but... We're not the only ones out there that are ranting about it. So Um, we'll we'll see you later. Thanks, Joby. And uh, this has been Trex Sci-Fi. And get those videos done. Bye-bye.